0: All right, let's do the post-game podcast. Jerry Recco is uh, off today. He went to the Baltimore Orioles-Mets game last night in Baltimore with the family. So Eddie Skazari joins me. Oh, hi, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. Hello, podcast people. Uh, I have a couple items here. I have uh, one, two, three, four items here. All right. Uh, let's start with uh, one of the things that came up, uh, I believe this week came up, how... Uh, you know, we joke uh, about your knowledge of a vast number of things, science. Whenever we have a question, a, a general knowledge question, we'll, we'll go to you. Yes, okay. So is what we do. We go, Eddie, uh, how many times will you go around the Earth? Or how many yes, rockets went up to has been the space? What's <laughs> how far the is it
1: to the moon?
0: Yeah, why do monkeys' anal glands do this? <laughs> like, you know, I, you have an answer for most things. And Gio brought up a very good question on the air, the one they you He said, why do you work here? You seem to have a lot of knowledge in science and space and all sort of geography. How did you wind up in radio? As we jokingly said, playing Boomer Penis Drops.
1: Okay. Well, there's sort of two answers to that. Yeah. First off, I was and still am, but not as big, a, a sports fan. 86 Mets, I really got into it, was listening to the radio all the time. And then FAN started July of, of 87, probably in part because the Mets won the World Series and it was such a hot topic. And people decided, hey, maybe now's the time. And it was, it took off. And I was so excited, listened all the time. It was a crazy, crazy FAN listener. And then did the internship here, and then slowly over the years, I became not just an FAN person, but a radio guy and got into the just the nuances and the intricacies and the love of the radio business itself. So that is legit, and this job, as you know, it's so unique and so fun that, you know, it, that that's why I'm here. And the second part of the question is, I may know a little bit about a lot of different things, and I will spend my free time often, and this even predates the the internet you know i would if there was something that I was curious about i w- would come across a a fact or something about a place, I would then try to research it and this in the old days was books, if people remember books um And I used to love the Time Life series of science books. As a kid, you probably had some of them. A lot of people did. Did you have encyclopedias? Yes. Encyclopedia Britannica, you know, an old version, you know, didn't even have the moonlining in it, I don't think. (laughs) Um, And uh, so, but I was, so I was always a knowledge seeker, okay? Now, I may know a little bit about a lot of things, and... Perhaps my IQ is maybe a little higher than maybe some other people on the show. But that pales in comparison to the experts in all the different fields that I'm interested in. Now, perhaps could I have uh, applied myself to one of the sciences um, or geography or cartography or whatever and been happy and made a living? Absolutely. Absolutely would like I consider this show to be sort of the pinnacle of the field, or at least close. The likelihood of me achieving that level in another field, I mean, I know my own intelligence level. I am not, you know, a genius by any means. I'm not, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson or Carl Sagan or any of the other people who I I look up to. So, you know, when people when you guys I'm smart, you know, no offense, but <laughs> look around the room. <laughs> Maybe it's not saying as much as as you think. All right. So, fair. That's very fair. So so that's the two part answer. <laughs> I like that one. Okay.
0: That's the two part. Now imagine if you could combine your love of radio and your love of science and work on the George Nori show.
1: Uh yes. Or Or oh. Bell. Yes, when he was alive. Yes, like right, sort of weird, you know, fringe, uh, you know, uh, cryptology and all that other cryptozoology, all this stuff. Uh, Yeah, that would be a, a fun thing to do, also. Yeah, for sure. But and I think I've said this before. If I had to do it, life all over again with the knowledge I have now, I probably would have gone into something like forestry, try to be a national park ranger or something like that. Which also doesn't pay very much, so my You'd still life be driving be, the same car, same. Honda Fit. Yeah, <laughs> maybe easier parking, right? <laughs> in the you know Yellowstone parking lot, as opposed to circling
0: yes, Lower Manhattan mm-hmm. all morning long or all middle of the night yes. long. Uh, now you brought up Neil deGrasse Tyson. I wanted to bring up something to you. You're a fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson, yes. Uh with these recent, uh, I would say within the past couple of months, even within the, yeah, I would say the past couple of months, we've gotten a lot of, like, the U.S. government is releasing UFO footage or UFO paperwork, and you'll see Navy pilots uh, going on the news and, and going on talk shows and discussing the, what they say they saw Either with their eyes or on their radar, and this sort of thing, there's been a lot of, a lot of that, which seems to be legitimizing there are UFOs out there. Mm-hmm. I did hear Neil deGrasse Tyson very recently on the Joe Rogan podcast, and Joe Rogan is a UFO believer. Neil deGrasse Tyson does not seem to be a UFO believer. Yeah, I know this. Yeah, he says he he's not saying he's not a believer. He's saying he has not seen evidence of that. Right. So he's saying that. Yes, this Navy pilot says that he saw this on his radar. But when was the radar calibrated? What is the deal with this radar? What you know? What are? What can show up on the radar that's not really a UFO? You mm-hmm. know? Uh, what can the human eye see from a certain distance and this sort of thing? Um, where do you fall in that? If it, with you, or you like Neil deGrasse Tyson? You? I think you like the ideas of UFOs. Yes. What is your take on that?
1: Well, let me just go back to the old uh, X-Files, uh, uh, the poster that was in the, in the X-Files office that Fox Mulder had up on his a wall, I Want to Believe. Mm. There's nothing that I would love more than to have aliens reveal themselves to us and explain the mysteries of the universe and save us from ourselves. That would be tremendously awesome. Now, Neil deGrasse Tyson, if he was asked, and I don't know if he was, but I think I would know his answer. I've heard him sort of talk about this thing before. Does he believe that there is life out there, other intelligent life out there in the universe, maybe even in our galaxy? I'm pretty sure he would say yes. But the distances involved um, between stars, even if the closest one is, ha- has has a habitable planet, has intelligent life that is developed and all this stuff. It's four light years away. So, and that's, I think, Proxima Centauri. So, that's the nearest star to us. And it has planets, and a few of them might be habitable. So, you would have to have a, a, a civilization that is capable of interstellar travel and... Even at light speed, it would take us four years to get there, which is nothing in the sort of cosmic scale. But the likelihood of there being an advanced race there, since it's only four light years away, we would have sort of picked up something, and they would have picked up our somethings. So that's unlikely. And then if you want to talk about all the possible habitable planets and how far they are away... Why, That's this is the Fermi paradox, which I think I've mentioned before. Enrico Fermi back in the 50s saying, okay, if there's maybe all this life out there, where is everybody? And then you come to another thing. This is where I know a little bit about a lot of things. Something called the great filter. That is, what is the factor out there that prevents intelligent life, if there is a lot of intelligent life? What is it that prevents, what, why don't we see anybody? Where are they? What is stopping them from coming here or us from going there? And there's many different possibilities for where the, the big filter is to what is going to stop that process. Can Is it a planet where life is uh, can evolve? Is it this far away from its sun? It's not bombarded by radiation. It's in a diff, sort of quieter place. In the galaxy where there's not a lot of supernovas killing the life and all this other stuff. So can life evolve? Is it in the right space? Then multicellular life. Then you know intelligent life. And then intelligent life that develops technology. And then intelligent life with technology that survives and doesn't blow itself up or kill its own planet. So any one of these things... And it could be the the earliest, you know, Can what, how does life start? Or it could be the latest, that how can you prevent intelligent life from killing itself within, you know, whatever, uh, a thousand or 500 years of developing the capability of spaceflight, which also implies that they have a lot of powerful weapons. So any one of these things could be the so-called great filter. So is there life out there? I believe there is. Is there intelligent life out there? Most probably. But can they survive? Are there enough of them out there for us to eventually make contact someday? All I can say is that I hope so.
0: Now, do you think that we are currently a planet and life form that is in the process of destroying
1: their planet? And then that will eventually, we will eventually destroy our planet. Well, okay. Now, in terms of all the, you know, climate change and arguments both sides, and there are people out there who are not necessarily in the pocket of one group or the other who have opposing views. Now, the majority of scientists now are in the, you know, humans are changing the climate at a very rapid rate. But there are others, maybe a smaller percentage, that... Say that this sort of thing is cyclical, and that it happens all the time. And there's sort of slight fluctuations in the sun's strength or in the Earth's position from the sun, which can have big effects. You know, and if you think about, um, you know, most of the Earth's history of of life on the planet has been without not has not been in an ice age. You know, we are still currently in an ice age because all that. we're, not, we're sort of in an interglacial part of an ice age. But the way the ice caps and, and glaciers are diminishing now will probably soon be out of the ice age altogether. But most of the history of life on the planet has been not in an ice age. So what's right? What's wrong? I can tell you people with beachfront property, maybe in 100 years, hopefully you'll be out of your I'll house passed by then by then. Or, or dead. So, you know it won't be an issue, but you know the coastlines are gonna come way in for sure if this continues so um but so so, the climate change that's sort of one part of the answer. Are we responsible? Are we not? I would lean towards probably, but there's also possibility, maybe not, maybe it's just all cyclical, we really have no control over it
0: but it seems like the more people you put on a planet,
1: oh for sure, I would have to have. Right. There's, you know, what I, uh, I f- there was under a billion people a few hundred years ago. We're now approaching eight billion. There's going to be a point where we can't, unless we develop some technology to, that makes it, you know, very easy to have fuel or power or energy and food. Could that happen? Absolutely. We can make a breakthrough that it's like almost free energy that we can somehow get from the air somehow with some breakthrough in technology, and likewise with food. Same thing, that could happen. But the other part of it, in terms of destroying, maybe not destroying the planet, because given enough time, Earth will recover, I believe. Um, but it's the possible weaponry. You know, right now we have the weapons on the planet to destroy most or. our well, a lot of the life on the planet, certainly all the humans with the nuclear weapons and if they all went off. Now, would the Earth within a few thousand years recover? Most probably. And would more intelligent life develop? Perhaps. But in terms of our species and our race, if we go for all out war, we're going to, if there's any survivors, we're going to be set way back to like the Stone Age. So then it all starts over again. So that's the other part of it. Are we destroying the world or are we going to destroy ourselves? Those are things that will limit the possibility of us going out into space. And then perhaps that's what has happened with other intelligent races out there.
0: And in this discussion, I was listening with Neil deGrasse Tyson and Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's theory is that the UFOs that we see are... Unmanned.
1: Also, the drones, also probable, drone type things. Like we're investigating, um, you know, obviously we've sent uh pioneer, the two pioneer spacecraft, which are out of our solar system. Um, I don't know if they're beyond the Oort cloud, but there's a classification where the solar system ends. I think it's called the heliopause, something about the solar wind and all that. Again, this is a little bit about a lot of things again. Um, I don't know if they're beyond the Oort cloud, uh, which is this shield of basically rock and ice, mostly ice outside of, you know, encircling the whole solar system. And Pioneer, the two Pioneers and the two Voyagers, I don't believe, are beyond that. But they're just past the Heliopause uh, thing. So, um, what was the actual question? That... uh the UFOs we see here oh, in America, unmanned, right? So we uh, we have these uh, uh, these these craft out there, and there are uh, there is talk that or or plans to send many many of these tiny little probes that really are not big at all, maybe the size of a baseball, just out there that could maybe get to maybe half light speed and just send them out in every direction and try to see what's out there. But again, with light speed, you know, it's going to, if there's something that's 50 light years away, so it's going to take, and when they're not traveling at light speed, if they even get up to half light speed, that's a 100 years, and then to get the radio signal back, that's that travels at light speed. You know, so it's like, it's a long process unless we can develop FTL, faster than light, travel. Whether or not we can, who knows, but... The, the likelihood is that, yes, it would be unmanned probes or drones, if you will, that are out there first. Um, and then if the species of aliens is capable of faster-than-light travel, once they have sent out all these probes, then they're like, oh, there's something good over here. Let's go there. So eventually, I think it would be manned spacecraft, ultimately, or otherwise, what's the point? Uh, or there will be unmanned spacecraft, but with some method of communication back.
0: Suck on that if you came here for penis stories or diarrhea yeah. stories today. And now, this is a completely off-topic uh, question is for this you. Is number three? This is number three. Okay. Completely off-topic. If you're going to go into a bar, if you're going into a bar for a beer, Mm-hmm. Would you be more likely, if you couldn't ask any questions, you couldn't say which is colder, which varieties do you have, you could only choose a draft beer or a bottled beer. Which would you choose? And I, I didn't know type or anything. Assume they're the same type. Like, let's say if it was a Miller Light. Mm-hmm. Let's just for argument's okay. sake. There's a Miller Light on draft. There's a Miller Lite in a bottle. You're not sure which is colder. You don't know if they properly clean out their glasses or if they properly clean out the lines of the draft. Uh, would you still more likely choose a draft beer or a bottled beer?
1: Well, because I am not at all a germaphobe, even in with the pandemic. You know, I took precautions, blah, 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 but I was never crazy about it. Um, The fact that I'm going into a bar, I would go with draft because I can get a bottle anywhere. But if I'm going into a bar, I would think part of the experience, especially if it's like it's all the same type of beer or if I didn't know the beers, I would definitely go draft.
0: Yeah, I always end up doing that as well. I guess for the same reason, although I've never thought of it that way. But you're probably right. Part of it probably is I could get this bottle in the liquor store. Why not get a draft? Mm -hmm. But thinking-wise, you don't know how clean the lines are that they're using, and you don't know how clean the glasses are. Mm -hmm. My experience has been, though, in most places that I go, the bottled beer, maybe because it's in the bottle, feels so much colder. Maybe I'm going to the wrong places.
1: Perhaps, but, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe because of the fridge that it's coming out of or the ice bucket it's in. Yeah. And also, the you're holding a handle usually. I mean, I guess it could be a, a beer, a, a glass without. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure the bottle itself is cold. Maybe that psychologically. Right. If you get the
0: frosted bug, maybe it evens things out.
1: Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know what's the ideal temperature for... A draft beer. For me, the colder, the better. um, The colder I could get something, the
0: better it is for me.
1: But in terms of, like, the germs, doesn't alcohol kill germs? Good point. So Alcohol probably kills the germs. I don't know if it's like, I'm sure vodka kills more than beer. Beer, yeah. Straight
0: up vodka. Yeah. That'll destroy, you know, you can put that in a dirty glass and it does not even have an effect.
1: exactly. You don't even have to clean them.
0: All right, let's do the warm-up show. I did that with uh, CeeLo.
1: We're not going to go with number four too long already?
0: I'll do number four. Okay. I'll do number four. Number four came from Connor Cook, a noted uh, listener and uh, Twitter person.
1: And he's the guy who beat me in the beer chugging. Oh, he beat you in the beer.
0: beer chugging, right. So you are aware it's of It's that him. Connor, right? It is. He's in Jerry's, the Cornhole League. Right. He had just got a, a dog not long ago, three months. He's had Excellent. a dog for three months. And
1: Connor, if you're listening... Al and I are never coming to Cornell, so just give it up. It's not all. happening. No. Yeah,
0: we're not coming. Um, he recently got a dog that's some sort of shepherd mix of some sort. The dog that he adopted had been sent back a number of times by mm-hmm. other people, and mm-hmm. he has this dog, and it's not good with other dogs, and it's mm-hmm. uh, sometimes not good with people and this sort of thing. His question that he wanted me to ask you is, those dog DNA kits mm-hmm. would be and they're expensive. He said, would he benefit from getting a dog DNA kit to know how better to train his dog based on the breeds that the dog is made up of?
1: Uh if he can afford it and cuz it'll be like a like $100 at least. No, yeah, you know, yeah, you know what's strange.
0: The the people one is $100. I think the dog one's like 250.
1: Yeah. It's weird. Right. Connor, if you can afford it, I would say yes. Really? Uh just because like, I knew that my newest uh, dog that I, I got from a, air quotes, lab rescue was part pit. I found out through the test it's predominantly pit.
0: Is that right? What's well, his name?
1: Uh, Raymond. Raymond, yeah. I love Raymond. But, you know, it came back, oh, it's a 38% American Staffordshire Terrier, which is a pit bull. That's way, you know, people call them Amstaff, so it's like a nice way of saying pit bull. Right. But it's a pit bull. So he is predominantly, you now, and as you have found out over the years, pit bulls, you know, they have a bad rap because they're, they can be great fighters and strong jaws, so, you know, people use them to fight and to defend and all that, so they get a bad rap. But most pit bulls, and you've met quite a few now, that are just lovely, beautiful dogs. Right. And Raymond is the same way. He's very energetic from the terrier part of him, uh, and, but his jaws are not a pit bull's jaws. They're not super strong. Um, so that's a good thing. But just knowing that he is a mostly a terrier, so he's going to be high, high strung and he's going to be a hunter killer for like rodents and birds and things like that. That's just what they are instead of more laid back like a Labrador. Now labs can have fun and play, but they're not like hunter killers. But that's what a terrier is. So knowing that, that helped, you know, just say, okay, I know what this dog, his personality traits are most likely to be, and then that helps you deal better with them.
0: Oh, there so, you go. I like so, it. So,
1: Connor, if you have the money, then I would say yes. Now, a shepherd breed is a guarding dog. That's why they're maybe a little more aggressive towards other dogs and towards people they don't know. And there are ways to try to, you know, work with people and get around that. But if, like, you know, you want to know for sure, and if maybe he's got another quote-unquote aggressive breed mixed in with a shepherd— that would also help you. So if you can afford it, do it and get the exact breakdown, but if you can't, you kind of know if you got a shepherdy kind of dog, they can be a little squirrely. They can, they're they're a guarding breed and that's sort of in their nature.
0: He also said the dog doesn't uh really like bald men. But I said I have good dog energy. I think I would get along with his dog.
1: Yes. Well, you know, but that whole bald thing, that could come from being mistreated by a bald person
0: freaking bald people so freaking bald people all right let's do the warm up uh, jerry Recco back tomorrow we will see you for a uh, what do we call it not a football friday it's a feel feel good feel friday feel good friday feel good friday tomorrow morning uh, we will soon uh, soon see you. See you. See you Good morning, campers. Alan, Jerry, don't worry. It's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't. Actually, suck. it never sucks. The warm-up show is brought to you by Carney Bank, your bank for today. For tomorrow, visit CarneyBank.com for details. If I am doing the introduction, that means Mr. Jerry Recco, I guess, is away with Rutgers basketball. Is this- <laughs> Is <laughs> this started up again No, already? not quite, Al. <laughs> CeeLo joins me. Oh, good morning, CeeLo. Good morning. How the heck are you? I'm good. Jerry Recco uh, went down to uh, Baltimore yesterday with the family. Yeah. Took his family to go see Matt Harvey. Jerry has uh, nailed every one of these Matt Harvey. Well, there's only been two of them, but he nailed them both, like, big time. These Matt Harvey versus the Mets, like, when he first came to City Field, I jokingly predicted to Jerry that he was going to throw a no-hitter against the Mets. Jerry goes, he's going to get crushed by the Mets. Which, I felt the same. Yeah. yeah, which they did. And then he did it again yesterday. He said, oh, no, they'll destroy Matt
2: Hart. It was nice of Jerry and uh, his family to bring the homer bats down there for the Mets because they had struggled the night before. The Mets hit a lot of home runs. Yeah, uh, Jerry caught a foul ball, I saw on Twitter. Is that right? Which is funny because
0: we were also discussing that yesterday. I said, uh, what are the chances you catch? Uh, I asked. Them, told them to sit in the left field seats to catch a home run ball.
2: Well, he would have had a good chance to do that as well. Right. Probably a better park at this stage to catch a foul ball in than had he been at City Field, right? I right. would imagine that the Mets... Are drawing more than the Orioles are. I would say so. We know it's cheaper to d- basically drive to Baltimore and buy tickets than it would be to get tickets to go to a game here in New York.
0: Yes, so Jerry, Jerry, we and I, Jerry and I, have talked about that for all sorts of things, like even like uh, the Nets-Celtics uh, series. I think it was cheaper to go to Boston.
2: Was it really? Yeah, Boston. Huh. Yeah, to go
0: to Boston, get all a hotel right. and get tickets than to go to
2: Brooklyn. What a concept!
0: That is always weird, and that happens like at concerts too. Like sometimes we'll look for tickets for concerts in this area. That'll be crazy ridiculous. Or you could fly to Florida, <laughs> get a hotel, and see them for the same amount of not money. Not a bad
2: way to get to Florida for a little overnight. Now, of course, everybody
0: Jerry uh, took a photo of the foul ball he caught, and everyone was asking him if there were sticky balls.
2: That's right. Yeah. That's the new thing. All the now. rage. Yeah. That's all, all anyone wants to talk about. All anybody cares
0: about is—is is there are those sticky balls on there? Since it was a foul ball he caught, and not like uh,
2: batting practice. Home run. And was there any evidence of anything on that ball? There seemed to be no evidence. See, I know they're talking that pitchers have some sort of clear stickies. This, oh, is that right? That's, apparently it's clear or translucent of some sort. You know, it's not wow. like the old, so you'd see the pine tar. Like, yeah. so you, Plus, the other thing is, I don't know if they still do this, but. Umpires used to treat the balls like they, you know, they come out of the box, pearls as they call them, right, and they're fresh. They're almost slippery. Yeah. So they would they used to spit on them and rub dirt on them, like the the umpire crew for that night before the game, while the other players are getting ready and taking batting practice. They would, to some extent, treat the baseballs and get them ready for game use. I don't know if they still do that since there's so much talk about the baseballs.
0: And there seems to be way too many baseballs being used. That's a lot of spitting on balls.
2: You yeah. Know? Plus COVID times. Yeah. So maybe COVID they're not times. doing. That. I don't know. I don't know how that works right now. Yeah. Maybe that's either. what's contributing to it. The umps aren't able to spit on spit and rub on the. Better be careful. <laughs> spit on and rub dirt on mm, and massage scuff the massage the <laughs> baseballs. You yeah. exactly. can't scuff them. That's that's not right. Good.
0: Yeah, you can't scuff. You definitely can't spit on no. them in a COVID world. No. Uh, so yeah, so Jerry went down to Baltimore. He will be back tomorrow. Now the Mets are off tonight, and then the Padres come to town tomorrow night.
2: Yes. Just saw them out in San Diego. Now they come to New York. Now they come to New York. Uh, Yankees tonight
0: have the Twins again. I feel like the Yankees just did all the... Did the former Yankee pitchers all just go to Minnesota? A couple of them did, yeah. They faced uh, Michael Pineda the other night. Jay Happ. They got Jay Happ tonight. Yep. And how about Garrett Cole? Right in the face of Josh Donaldson (laughs) with the
2: strikeouts. Good. Good. Oh, That's that the way a- you respond instead of you know tripping all over yourself in your pre-start press conference the other day.
0: So he didn't bean him like everyone was uh, nah. wondering. But he got him with that curveball in the first at-bat, which was awesome. Yeah. It was an awesome swing and a miss to the curveball. Then the second time, he got him
2: with, like, a a high pitch. Looked much more himself in this game. A couple of solo home runs, but, you know, the velocity was there. I haven't checked the spin rates, but I'd imagine they were probably more in line with where he's been. Spin rates you want to know about for Cole? Well, they were. I don't have them. They were the lowest they'd been in a couple of years. His yeah. last time out for all of his pitches. Which what does is that what mean? How about that? How how
0: many times the, revolutions the yes. ball goes? The pitchers poop, are big they, on that.
2: How do they count that? Analytics, what machine? Advanced does that? metrics. What is there machine? A machine? I guess. Yeah, the same way probably that they're able to. Have you seen now? There's a Twitter account and it's actually pretty cool. Each morning they put out a report on the umpire from each game, and they have everything like how many pitches he missed. What was his established strike zone? Did he call any balls outside of his own strike zone? They have this whole chart of all the pitches and percentages, and it's it's interesting, actually. It's an umpire checklist. Yeah, so I forget. They used to have that thing behind—they probably still do— behind home plate that was they were using to judge the umpires, essentially. I forget what it was called. It had a name, but that was all the rage a few years back. MLB had a thing to judge yeah, the umpires? Yeah, yeah, I forget what it was called. And that was when there was still a lot of talk about, well, maybe this is what's going to replace human umpires someday— uh, specifically for calling balls and strikes. I forget the name of it, but I remember it being talked about quite a bit and the umpires being a little sensitive about it. They and, I, and I understand it now. Like, you, every morning you got to wake up, hey, here's your report card every time you go out there and everyone can see it. I wonder And they, if... they show you what the averages are, and some guys have really good games, some guys have really bad games, just like players do. You think the umps know about it? Oh, I'm sure 100%. And get up and check it? Probably, Probably. Had a great game. yeah. They Probably. might even be getting reports from the league Probably Every like, morning. Let me go check that because I I feel like I had a pretty good game last night. Well, like the you know the the, the other day uh, was it or Sunday night when the Yankees played the Red Sox and the Yankee bench went nuts and they made a big deal that Boone didn't get get ejected but Carlos Mendoza did and Phil Nevin did and Marcus Timms was screaming at the umpire that guy that night called a great game except for that one pitch with uh, Rugneto door that was like a blatantly bad missed call that really made a could make the case it made the difference in the game. But overall, I think he missed, like, two pitches all night, something like that. But it's the one that's egregious late in the game that you remember. Right. He had
0: one big egregious error. Mistake, yeah. As opposed to many errors spread throughout the
2: night that didn't really matter. Right. And that's what the players say sometimes. Like, I don't necessarily care if your zone is accurate or not. Just be consistent. Right. So you've established where you're going to call strikes. Just make that consistent throughout the course of the game so that we know, hey, Strike, ball. Am I going to take it? Am I going to swing? Same for the pitchers. Where can I get away with a little extra versus not? Consistency. I still don't know how the umps, like, so many, for the most part,
0: the umps are very good. And you'll see, like, they're like oh, was that ball outside? or th-? And then they'll
2: show the overhead shot of the plate, and it, like, just nicks it. Like, how right. do they see
0: that? Most of the time, they
2: really nail it. And the strike zone has definitely shrunk over the years. Like, if you go back to the 90s, I mean, the Braves pitching staff, Greg's Ma- Greg Maddox was, I mean, he would get... Uh, six to eight inches, maybe almost a foot off the corners, and, you know, manipulate it, knowing they're going to call this a strike. I've got pinpoint control, so I'm going to throw it there. And now it's, you know, hitters go nuts if it's a couple inches off the plate because you have the replays, you have the charts and graphs and all that and whatnot, and they can look at it. Oh, it wasn't over the corner. It's not a strike. But it's tricky, man. And now you have
0: this Twitter account that's following all
2: the umpires. Yeah, I should find the name. It's interesting. I just followed it the other day. I had never seen it. Until the morning after that Red Sox, It was Monday morning, and somebody retweeted. I'm like, "Oh, this is pretty interesting." And then I went to that page and saw that they issued, they put out a you know chart or a graph on each umpire, home plate umpire, the morning after or the day after each each game. Now I guess I could check Elias Sports Bureau, but do you think
0: so? Last night in the Met game, two different Mets had. Two home runs apiece. Right. McKinney and Pilar.
2: You want to know the last time that happened?
0: No. And then in the Yankee game, Stanton had two home runs. Yes. So that's three New York players with two home runs. Yeah. Who do I call? Elias? You could call them.
2: Billy Elias? Might take a while. Is
0: Elias a place you can call and ask questions or no? They just put Um, out their own things.
2: I'm sure they have a phone number of some sort. You think there's
0: someone sitting there going... It's uh, probably,
2: honestly, easier probably to tweet at them in this day and age. I've seen people do that and get an answer. Really? Yeah. Dear Elias, <laughs> when's the last time three – there's probably been a time
0: when three players on either the Mets or the Yankees each had two home runs.
2: I would imagine somewhere along the way, yeah.
0: The big deal now is three home runs in a game by one player.
2: Now, I did see this nugget, not a three-home run situation. All right, you talk about, hey, when's the last time this happened? Both of Stanton's home runs last night on 0-2 pitches, the only Yankee in the last 30 seasons with multiple home runs on an 0-2 pitch in the same game. How about now, that? Who
0: even goes and finds that?
2: Somebody did. How do they find that? <laughs> Probably from Elias. Dear Elias. <laughs> By uh, the way, Quest Tech was the... Thank Quest you Tech? For, uh, Robert Wolf, who let me know that on Twitter. Quest Tech, that's right, was the name. And it might still be used, but that was something they were using to judge the strike zone and judge the umpires as I well. see. Yeah. All right. Uh, your main
0: man, Pete Alonzo, yesterday came out talking about manipulating baseballs and that sort of thing. Very He's got a little bit of a conspiracy yeah. theory. Pete Alonso says that Major League Baseball manipulates the baseball based on free agent
2: class. "Quote: That's a fact." Meaning what? What did he mean by this? Meaning, if it's so, for his point is this year after this season, the shortstop free agent class is very strong. Okay, so a lot of shortstops will be on the move. Right. So okay, his point so what that is, mean? you know, it's a it's a it's a position player heavy free agent class. Mm -hmm. Now they're going to make the, make the balls so that it's offensive numbers are down in 2019, because the idea being, if they don't perform as well, Oh, you didn't, you had a rough season. We're not going to pay you as much. Oh, Okay. Right. And it's, and I guess back in 2019, when balls were flying all over the place was the year of Garrett Cole's free agency, along with uh, Zach Wheeler and Steven Strasburg. But I mean, those Cole got $300 million. So I guess, I I appreciate what Pete's saying, but at the same time, it's not like they're either juicing or deadening the balls just for those specific players, right? So if those top shortstops numbers are down, pretty good chance the rest of the league's numbers are down as well. And then it's sort of, it, you know, it, it, it's hard to differentiate then, right? If everyone's down, they're all still the same crop of players, somebody's still going to be ranked number one versus all the way through whatever. They're going to get paid based on their market value. He fully believes this, though. Clearly, yeah. Like, he is really into it. He's emphatic. Yeah, emphatic. Yeah. That
0: the Major League Baseball sits in a meeting and decides this year we're deadening the ball, this year we're livening the ball up.
1: And there are aliens.
0: (laughs) And there are aliens. I've seen them all. That's right. CeeLo, did you know, I know I've told Jerry this a lot, But did you know the condo I bought last year is already worth more than I bought it for? Stop paying rent (laughs) and build equity with Carney Bank. You deserve to make money on your investment. Carney was my bank of choice and made my entire mortgage process very easy. You want to go with someone you can trust and actually get on the phone when you have questions. I trust them and you can too. Visit CarneyBank.com slash mortgages. That's CarneyBank.com slash mortgages. Member fdic Equal housing lender. We will return with, what do I have on this uh, show sheet today? Oh, we had a little hockey last night. Oh, a little hockey. We got some basketball tonight. What else do I have? I've got a, a Yankee fan yelling at children.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. And all sorts of fun stuff like that.
2: Uh, right on the other side of the break. Passion, drive, and patience.
0: I am Jerry. Radio Gaga, Radio Goo Goo, Radio Doo Doo. Radio Doo Doo. Where Jerry uh, recco is not here today, Silo joins me. Uh Jerry ah! went Oh, Jerry went to Baltimore last night and watched the Mets smack around Matt
2: Harvey. Perfect. Har- perfect
0: for him. Matt Harvey gave up a lot of runs, he right? sucks,
2: man. I I don't mean that to, I don't say it meanly. He's just he's a mediocre pitcher. I don't know why we all I mean I get it he's a name, but, but that's he's not the, gonna go out there and blow anyone away. That's the way... this is
0: one thing I don't understand about professional athletes. I don't understand how someone can be so good, right? And he was so good. Yes. And then where does
2: that go? For him it was injuries. Really? Yes. Hundred. which injury? Which injury? I mean, he had he a had, lot. Yeah, I mean, he had the thoracic outlet syndrome surgery. Whatever that is, he had the he had the Tommy John, right? Okay, Well I people just, come back from Tommy John. They do. and dominate. The, the thoracic outlet thing is that's a legit thing. That's a hard one to come. Some guys, have I know Phil Hughes's career, basically ended Phil because Hughes. of that. He was never the same after he battled that. So I'm not to say Phil Hughes peaked where Matt Harvey did, but I think it was sort of the succession of injuries for him like yes he came back from the tommy john and and pitched well right that was the world series year was post tommy john and we all know what happened where you know terry collins sends it back out there for the ninth and it all went downhill but the the thoracic outlet syndrome thing really really seemed to to do him in he's never been the same since that that's got to screw with your
0: mind when you are really good and then like a year later you stink
2: well that was you saw he spoke after he pitched at city field the first time against the mets he was borderline emotional about, you know, looking back on his time here. And I think it was the whole experience been humbling for him, right? Because he was at the peak and was like living the life, you know, going out and clubbing the single man, and all that. And having that, you know, that, um, that macho, everything that goes with being at the top and Dating being or... supermodels, right? So basically the anti Jacob deGrom, right? DeGrom is right. dominant, but he's such a, just kind of salt of the earth, very easygoing kind of guy and doesn't seek out the spotlight, and Harvey was the opposite. And to get cut down like that and then struggle just to stay in the big leagues, I mean, you saw it. He got choked up after that game talking about looking back. He was really appreciative of the fans giving him an ovation. He's like, I you know, could have understood where they maybe would have gone the other way, and sometimes that happens in New York, right? These guys come back and we boo them. Oh, you suck this, that, and the other thing. Met fans were appreciative, and it it definitely seemed to resonate with him quite a bit.
0: When I think of Matt Harvey, I immediately think of that nosebleed on the mound, which is weird.
2: Huh? I had forgotten about that. Yeah, remember
0: everyone was like thinking, "Was he doing drugs?" and that's why his nose was bleeding. Yeah, there were definitely There's some rumors about
2: that. that so I there know. was a
0: lot around that. Celo, uh, an interesting video has popped up. Uh, <laughs> they call it going viral yeah. of a, a Yankee fan, a woman screaming at. Children in Red Sox gear. Well, she was fighting with children. She was fighting, not physically beating up children. She was uh, arguing Yankees Red Sox with five Red Sox children. Yeah. And uh, turns out it was J.J. After Dark's sister. That's correct. Who worked here at one point. She interned
2: here back in the day, yeah. And
0: I think she works in media now. She does,
2: yeah. Caroline is her name. Caroline Jastrzemski. Caroline After Dark. I'm surprised that... Two things. One, it's now Thursday morning, and yesterday, like this really took off. And this was from Sunday night, I believe. Sunday night's game, right? yeah. Saturday night. Red or Sox, Sunday night. Yanks. Um And number two, that it being here in New York and JJ being a New York personality and right. she's very active on social media, I'm surprised that these outlets that have picked it up haven't made the connection. Meanwhile, I know JJ had her on his podcast the other night to address her well, video going viral. This and, is what and no one heard that? Right. This is what happens when you leave WFAN. <laughs> well, be that as it may. Your sister could be fighting with Red Sox children <laughs> and nothing. Uh, we don't even know it. What I'd say about her, I don't know her that well, but I've followed her long enough to know she, she loves this and embraces this. She loves to this. argue. She, well, just like, no, children. just the social media, the, you know, the presence. Like she's soaking up every moment of this it's i don't mean it, it in a in a mean offensive right. way and i think even i believe there was an exchange at somewhere along the way on twitter maybe with the parents of these kids and they were like oh you know thanks for mixing it up with them it was oh, fun like it. i think it was good natured wow. obviously it looked it, look, it's a fun viral video. She's in their face. She's pointing fingers at them. You know,
0: she was yelling at these punk Red Sox yeah. kids.
2: The story though, said twenty-seven she, rings. Didn't in the I think the post story said she was escorted out? I don't know that that's factual for yelling at children.
0: Listen, I'm uh, now a lot of people would say adults should not yell at children, but these kids get out of line. You you can yell at them. Oh, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Trust me, kids get out of line, especially with five <laughs> punk Red Sox kids. I would love to yell at some I would love to get into an argument with children.
2: Yeah? Because I feel like I could win that. How would you, though, handle the video of it going viral? No and you problem. being be a grown-ass like, man <laughs> screaming at kids. Don't come at me, kids.
0: <laughs> That's teaching the kid the life lessons. Yeah, I, like, guess I suppose. Be careful who you run your mouth to. Mm-hmm. Not that I would beat up children. So no. You know, I would not do that. This is just verbal. Not visible. verbally. Verbally. Right. No cursing. No cursing. No. I would probably make fun of their look or their height. (laughs) Kind of like you deal with the callers. Yeah, I would treat them just like a caller. Don't come at me just because you think you're a kid and you can yell at an adult that an adult won't yell back. I don't look down upon Caroline
2: J.J. After Dark for yelling at children. There you go. I say kudos to her. Kudos. Now, how would you handle the outroar that would come your way on social media? Would you take the freeze everybody out? I'm not even going to acknowledge Path or would you take the Kevin Durant path where you get into those mentions and you just start going back and forth with people left I'd start right? going
0: back and forth. I love a good argument, which is why I would argue with children to begin with. Hmm. I love a good back and forth with people.
2: All right. Especially I don't run when and hide computer screen to yeah.
0: protect you, right? Yeah, so I don't have to physically beat them right. up or then beat they beat me up, then I
2: I feel like I could win
0: most verbal fights that I get in because of all my years of listening to Howard Stern. I feel like I've I got something at... No, Howard Stern from the 90s really prepared me to huh. argue and win any argument. So you're a good
2: debater. I'm a good debater because I've been on the debate team.
0: Definitely. Been a lawyer. Oh, I would love to be a lawyer. Love. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Well, oh, that's schooling. Yeah, a lot of school, a lot of reading. <laughs> a lot, long, lot of reading and a lot of pages, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Billable hours though.
0: Uh, yeah. Nice. I've been told in relationships that I argue like a lawyer, which is not good.
2: I have that as well, actually. You said you Yeah, you've been I'm, told I'm that a big debater. Yeah. When, I was, when I was young, my parents said, oh, I should be a lawyer. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: Uh, instead of, like, I think women tend to argue based on emotion, and men tend to argue based on... Fact. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. I would agree. <laughs> and that does not always work in relationships. No, no. Uh, no. But I don't... You know, and as men, we don't understand not argue, arguing how a woman can argue based on emotion and not facts, where we take all the emotion out of it yeah. and just go, Here's the facts. I left work at this time. Right.
2: Very black I and could white. Have, right, very, very yes. black
0: and white. With women, there's a lot of shades of gray.
2: Yes. And a lot of things sometimes that get said that they don't really mean, and it's complicated. Any other
1: uh, Neanderthal takes you guys want to <laughs> lay out there?
2: <laughs> I listen. I'm just telling you how it is. I mean, I that happens with my, my me and my wife all the time, and she's and rightfully so is like I can't, you know, I can't win with you. And these, she goes, I always come out of them feeling like I, you know, I misspoke or I said something wrong because I am I'm guilty, and I and I will beat it to a pulp. Me too, you know, until it's not it's, good. Yeah, yeah, like and then when the- every angle has been covered. <laughs> And then when it dies down, you go
0: back to your best argument again, just to...
2: Right, yeah. Boom, seal it. Fi- yeah, yeah.
0: To finish it off. Yeah,
2: not it's good. Not, it's not good. You and I, a little self-reflection here at <laughs> 5.30 a.m. on a Thursday.
0: But I think that's... Yeah, I think that's a a, a man versus woman discussion situation.
2: Eddie disagrees.
0: Now, well, let me go... <laughs> now, let me go kill my meat and eat it. Hmm. <laughs> I saw... Um, uh, Greg Giannotti yesterday went to the Islanders game. Oh, you saw that, did with you? With the listener. Well, I was here yesterday when it went down on right, the air. Right, that's kind of what I was. But then he did meet up with the to. listener, and uh, it seems like they had a great time. They yeah. were uh, a couple of videos on uh, Gio's Twitter account, on the sure. FAN Twitter account. They were paling around. Then I saw at the end, when the game was over, I did see the Islanders uh, owner.
2: John Ledecky.
0: Is he the one who came over and like was yelling about the uh, stick it in your face boomer That's or something right. like that? That's
2: right. He was. Got right in Gia. He knew that he was taking a video. Yeah. Made sure he looked right into the camera, said it a couple times. Right. I'll attempt to play it later, but it was so loud in there that if you're not watching the video and seeing his mouth move, it is kind of hard to hear.
0: If you didn't know that he was
2: like sticking yeah. it to Boomer. because they, you know, they were going crazy there at the Coliseum, rightfully so, right? Yeah. Big win, moving on. So they'll play the Tampa Bay Lightning. Little rematch of last year's semifinal. How'd that uh, go series? last year? Uh, Isles lost. Yeah, I forget how many games.
0: Did Six get swept. Oh, Six games. It. look, at Eddie.
2: Eddie's unbelievable.
0: Now huh. that's supposed to kick off this weekend, I suppose, in Tampa.
2: Yeah, they didn't. I don't think they've put the schedule out yet. But you're probably looking at a Friday, Saturday somewhere in that range. Oh, potentially a, a game tomorrow. Um, that State. was Thursday, my understanding Eddie. of it. Today is Thursday. Thursday, but I, you know what? You're not sure. We don't know. The NHL hasn't put it out yet. But, yes, the, both of those series are over. Tampa Bay won theirs in five Isles one theirs in six last night, so they're ready to go. A fellow named Brock Nelson scored two goals last <laughs> Fella. night. He's only been playing for them for, like, <laughs> I don't know, eight years now. He's pretty good. Fella. Would you say he's pretty good? He's pretty good. He's had, a, he's had a nice career for them. You know, there were some times early on where there were some question marks. Oh, he was a draft right? pick of theirs, but he's found his way. Canadian? Uh, I think so. Just Google it. Seriously typing. <laughs> 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 that sounds like actually a sound no, effect. No, that's of... a bad job by me. He's a Minnesota guy. Ah. He's an American.
0: Oh. huh. I am a real American. Brock Nelson, that's right. Americans taking over the Canadian game of hockey.
2: He's been a good, a real good performer for them in the, in the postseason the last two years. A lot of production. Did Matt Martin beat anyone up yesterday? I don't think so.
0: Whoopsh. He better punch somebody on the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, that's for sure. Maybe.
2: Are they a bunch of punks the Tampa Bay Lightning? No, not really. More of a skilled, high-end team. Oh, Is that right? Yeah, not a lot of goons on that team. They're more of a th- finesse uh, team? Uh yes, I I, I would word
0: it mm. that way. So you would say the Islanders are more goon than the I wouldn't use the Lightning? word goon. I would no, use goons? The, no,
2: I wouldn't say goon. I would with the Islanders, what? I I'd like to go to um sandpaper they're gritty, yeah, <laughs> gritty. They got some some edge, some roughness to them. All right, so they're not sandpaper, goons, and the
0: lightning are finesse.
2: Yeah, a lot of you know. Oh, we should smack them around then. I mean, I don't want to say like razzle dazzle because that doesn't really win in the playoffs. I mean, they have some a lot of ex well, not as many these days, but some ex Rangers on that on that team. Right. They are the defending Stanley Cup champions. Hmm.
0: So. All right, yeah. well, the uh, Stanley Cup champions they don't go back to back a lot, right? That's not a thing.
2: Um, not in recent history.
0: I know the Islanders did
2: it in, like, the 80s. But there were some in the 90s. I think the Red Wings did it once. I think Colorado might have done it once. They were multiple winners within a decade, for sure. The Blackhawks, in the last 10, 15 years, didn't win back-to-back. They won, like, 3 out of Eight, I want to say. But, yeah, you're right. Not a ton of back-to-back. Not a huge thing. So, we'll probably...
0: uh, So, then, if the Islanders win this series, how many more series they got to go to win the Stanley Cup? They
2: they go to the Cup Final. Is that right? Yes. Normally, this would be the Conference Finals, but because they changed all the divisions this year with Canada and COVID or whatnot, they're calling it the Stanley Cup Semifinals instead of the Conference Finals.
0: Wow. So, if they beat the Lightning, they go into the Stanley Cup Finals. Final. Wow. Just... They really Singular. only have to win two more series to win the Cup. That's correct. Eight more wins to go. Eight down,
2: eight up, eight down, eight more
0: to go. All right, let's take a break here. And when we come back, what else do I have? I have a little more baseball. I've got some basketball. I've got some
2: other things, <laughs> other
0: items to get to.
2: Guy just tweeted us the video of Caroline, like right before you brought it up. Did you see this one? I'm sure her family must be proud of her <laughs> On the fan.
0: On the fan. On the fan. Her family is JJ after dark. Yes, they are very proud.
2: That's
0: right. Of screaming, and I'm with her. I'm okay with screaming at children. (laughs) All right, Eddie, take it away. We'll be back very quickly. jerry let's talk more rock oh yes we rock it out here jerry and i jerry though is in uh, baltimore although actually i think he was coming home back now. home yeah so Silo uh, joins me on the warm-up show jerry drove down to baltimore yesterday watched the mets smack matt harvey around camden yards and then got back in the car and drove uh, home did might have he home a...
2: quicker than he did going to city field <laughs> did he leave early with
0: the uh, score being what it is, I, that's a good question. But I don't think so. I think Jerry's there for the experience with the boys of his. Uh, they love baseball. They uh, don't want to leave early to these things. Uh, but my guess is that Jerry did not leave early. I would
2: agree. Took a day off. You're not going to yeah.
0: leave early. And no. Plus, probably half the there's barely anyone there to begin with. And yeah. those people leave early if they're Orioles fans because they're getting their butts kicked. So easy out. Yeah, it's back on Got the ride. A foul ball. Mets are hitting home runs all over the yard. I mean, who was Stick a bigger around. winner than Jerry last night? I say no one. Yeah, just maybe his, the uh, Islanders and their fans. That's he about hit it. His MGM double play situation, right? He did. A, he uh, yesterday uh, on this program, he said he was going to parlay up a Mets kicking Matt Harvey's butt and Derek
2: <laughs> Derek
0: Garrett Cole <laughs> shutting down the Twins. All right,
2: so maybe Nailed he paid it. for the the trip. Could have paid for the trip. Nice. That's the way to do it. Free trip. Yeah, to Baltimore see a little
0: Met win. By the way, those uh twins uniforms, sweet.
2: Yeah. I love you like the
0: little baby blue? Yeah, baby blue. Uh more teams should do baby blue. What if the Mets did a baby blue uniform? Well that then would be they, awesome. They, no everyone if never, everyone does it. They never oh. had them. Right.
2: What? That's kind of part of the problem. The Twizzies, Royals, Royals, yeah.
1: uh Cardinals, uh Blue Jays. Brewers. Uh yeah. Yeah. I would kind of
0: put Brewers in there. San Diego Chargers. Well, but yeah that's football.
2: You see um MOB's doing with some of the teams these city connect jerseys yeah. the I the white sock one that came out which was like bla- all black and silver I thought looked great. You like that one? The Cubby one came out this week. Wasn't feeling it. Not a fan. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't like go- I give me all I want with sports is I want the teams to look like they did <laughs> In the nineteen eighties. Right, when
2: you were when I was up.
0: really into it. <laughs> That's it. I want my football teams looking like that. Uh, I want my baseball teams looking like there's that. There's a
2: hell of a marketing plan.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you want to market to fifty year olds, <laughs> get them get all the teams back in their eighties uniforms.
2: It's like the opposite of who they're marketing to. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We've got money to you're, spend. No, you're done. They've moved on from you. These they're, punk they're kids. On to other other demographics. These punk kids
0: on TikTok, they got no money to spend.
2: <laughs> I can buy a Minnesota Twins Rod Carew powder blue jersey. No, cuz they just go to the the kid goes to the 50-year-old and says, "Buy this for me." <laughs> and there you go.
0: "I could you I really would like this for my graduation gift." Yeah. This Rod Carew powder blue uniform.
2: Rod Carew killing it on Twitter already, by the way. I saw that. He put one out yesterday or I got a well, Rod
0: Carew on Twitter.
2: Yes. Think about that. So the Super Seventy Sports Twitter account, which is an excellent Twitter, tremendous
0: account. Twitter follow.
2: Every photo of Rod Carew swinging looks like it was a hit. Carew with the quote tweet, it was <laughs> left field. <laughs> that's, I mean, think of it, you just joined, right? Unless it's not him doing it, but that's. Well, Rod Carew would have. That's to, how you use it, right? He's
0: an older fella, right?
2: That's what I mean. I, you know, sometimes you question. It better be the like real like Rod Vin Carew. Scully's Twitter account. Like, is he sitting there on his iPhone? <laughs> yeah, you know. Punching out maybe. some tweets. Maybe he is. He's a
0: legend. It's possible. I hope Rod Carew is really... De- what else does he do on Twitter, Rod Carew? He really. He just joined and he's... Uh,
2: he's, I would say, maybe a week in or something. A couple of days. Am I really going to follow Rod Carew? I saw that this morning. I thought that was nice and succinct and yeah. pff, nailed it. It was. Left field. Every time. Definitely
0: Dang. follow Super 70s Sports yes. on Twitter. That I don't know how that guy does that. Because all day long, and it's funny writing paired with... yeah. These pictures, like, where's he f- getting these pictures? I don't know,
2: does a tremendous job.
0: Where are the pictures I was supposed to see?
2: Mm. What do I you see?
0: Derek Jeter's <laughs> Hall of Fame induction has been pushed back to September 8th, which will now right. allow Yankee fans to attend. This seems like something you and your children might go to.
2: No, you definitely and not. Your children, my children, Jerry, my, his particularly children. my five year old, has. Next to zero interest in baseball and professional sports in general. <laughs> but he's five. Correct. But was, Dude, when I was five. You were into it. I, into it? Really? Are you kidding me? I was At into five? it when I was two. I've got videos to prove it. Really? Before I could fully talk, they were showing me baseball cards, and I was given the names of the Mets and the Yankees. I'm not trying to brag. I'm right. just saying, that you, much that- different what my five-year-old is into versus what I was into at that age. So they have, night and day. He would have
0: no interest in None. going Zero. to. And he how old your other he child? He would
2: disrupt the entire ceremony because he was so bored out of his <laughs> mind. My other child just—they just—I so got five and two. They just—they're ten, they are three years and ten days apart. We just celebrated their birthdays about a month ago. So
0: your two-year-old definitely is not interested in the Derek Jeter no. Hall of Fame ceremony.
2: Nothing it, with him. Any sport that comes on, he says golf. He thinks every sport is golf. It's golf. And I'm like, no, no. This is not Because I do. I watch a lot of golf. So I say, hey, oh, we're going to put the golf on. So he thinks any sporting event is right. golf. If he yeah.
0: sees green up there, yeah. green grass. That's golf.
2: golf. Yeah. So <laughs> this, so so when these guys go
0: up for this a Hall of Fame thing, you think Derek Jeter stays in Cooperstown or he drives up that day or uh, uh, flies up that day?
2: Ah, that's a great question. Because like, he's
0: staying at the – there can't be big motels and hotels there. I like, mean, there's go got to
2: there be, and... be something. They have tourists coming in and out all the time pre-COVID. Yeah, but pre-COVID. I, hear they, I hear they have weird hotel like situations bed and breakfast up breakfast. Yeah. Situation.
0: Like, Jerry's gone mm. up there.
2: I, I went up there in 1998. I don't remember where we stayed, but it was definitely not a lavish hotel. Right. You are right about that. Yeah, I don't that. think they have
0: a lavish hotel. <laughs> so those players must just get up and get out. Otherwise, there's, not,
2: there's nothing big nearby, right? It's basically yeah. in the middle of nowhere, isn't it?
0: I believe it is Forget in the middle now. of nowhere. If it's Cooperstown. Like near
2: Binghamton or anything. You probably or...
0: go up there. You could probably find Derek Jeter at your local Shoney's or
2: nah, Steakhouse. It's like smack dab in the middle of Syracuse and Albany. Oh. So. You've been to Cooperstown. You walked around there. You, uh, 98. You right were in the middle it? of the. Oh.
0: 98. How old I were you? I was 12. Oh, so you are locked and in. And think
2: about what that was. Actually, we went in October. Yankees Padres World. So I think we watched the games one and two in Cooperstown up in Cooperstown the uh the big Tino Martinez grand slam and I think that was game one anyway the museum at the time had a ton of stuff from the McGuire Sosa home run chase which looking back on it you know poo poo but at the time yeah I was was, I mean I was 12 I was a player a huge fan and here's all this stuff that they had just used that season to shatter these records so it was really cool at the time. And when you were looking at that stuff, the
0: real stuff, you're like, this is cool.
2: 100%, yeah. Bats, cleats, you know, jersey, game-use stuff. That they, oh, this is the one when he hit this home run, and so on and so forth. So it was it was very cool. Andrew, I remember enjoying it very much.
0: Andrew Needles. This is what Mark That McGuire they didn't have. At, they did stuck not. Stuck in his butt. Show that off. Oh. No. Did you see this Mariners Jake Fraley? Is that how you say his last name? Uh, I don't he, know. Not he, familiar with him. Oh, he made a terrific play. He robbed a walk-off home run. Game was tied 3-3, bottom of the ninth. He went over the wall and robbed a walk-off home run. Was this last night or yeah, two days ago? I think this night? was last night. All right. Now, this to me is better than hitting a walk-off home run. Because oh, Yeah. They're so common. You know, walk-off home run, more common. Robbing, yes. going up over the wall was the Mariners Tigers. Uh, and he went up and over the wall, bottom of the ninth 3-3 three, three tie. Totally That's agree. That's
2: cool. End the game with a defensive play. Cool.
0: Well, unfortunately, it didn't end the game because it, the game was still tied. Oh, but right. But it sent it to extra innings.
2: Did they win? That's a great question. <laughs>
0: I didn't follow up on that. I just uh... was so caught up in the robbing of
2: a home run. That's a bad so job great. by me to end the game. You just told me you robbed the walk-off home run. Well, I guess it still could have been.
0: That's why I don't like when uh, baseball stadiums have the walls that are too tall, where you mm. couldn't, like, there's certain sections of certain stadiums where you can't go over the wall to to re- rob a home run. I think every stadium should have that.
2: How about this? Not only did the Mariners win 9-6 and 11, your boy had the go-ahead Come RBI on. single. Fraley? Yep.
0: What a tr- I would retire if that That's I was a night.
2: That's having yourself a night right there. I
0: would retire or send my stuff up to Cooperstown. Hi, yeah. this is Jake Fraley.
2: Here's the glove that I used to rob the Homer, and here's the bat that I used to put as a head next extras. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I saw that Peyton
0: Manning's going into the Broncos Ring of Honor. That felt feels weird to me. He doesn't. I know he won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. Yeah, played there four years.
2: Does you know? Yeah, we need a little he's bit more John body, a little more body of work. Yeah, right. He's the Baltimore and the Baltimore. He's the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colt. Yeah. yeah,
0: so weird to put him in the Ring of Honor. Like is is uh, is Kurt Warner in the Rams? I Ari- bet he is. Arizona Cardinals? Oh, no, no, right. But
2: he won so. a Super Bowl. With Did the them? Cardinals even have a Ring of Honor? And he went to a Super yeah, Bowl. Lost. He lost San Antonio his Holmes.
0: Right, in the end zone, and yeah, right. They returned. Yeah.
2: Uh, who who who's the big fella on this? James Harrison. James Harrison. Yeah.
0: That was a Super Bowl I actually attended. 43. 43 in Tampa. I left at halftime.
2: Lighting beat the Isles in six last year. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: Warner was in uh, 34, beat the Titans. 36, lost to the Pats. Whew.
2: Wait, excuse me. You left at halftime of the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah. Come yeah. on. I had to get back. I got to work the next morning. What? <laughs> left at
0: halftime. Yeah. Wait,
2: where was the Super Bowl? Tampa.
0: Tampa, right. So I felt like I knew the area, right? So uh-huh. I walk out of this Super Bowl at halftime, and I could not find... I thought I would just be able to find a cab, but it turns out the cabs weren't out yet because it was still no Super Bowl. Because no one was leaving. Right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so I was in a tough spot.
2: So by the time you made it back, you might as well have just stayed. Yeah, I right? was and but that I, was pre-Uber. Uh, right, it was
0: pre-Uber. I was just looking for an actual cab.
2: So by the time you got back, was there. the game over?
0: You no, still but a lot, time, it, a lot of time had well, gone clearly, past, but, uh, yeah. but I did get to see this Antonio Holmes... Uh, toe uh get his toe does down some people still by the way say that was not a catch (sighs) picky being very picky at
2: this point yeah it's over
0: so peyton manning's going into the ring of honor we think that's weird uh and ex-teammate kareem jackson he's the ex-teammate of deshaun watson says that deshaun watson wants to go to the broncos yeah
2: i'm sure he wants to go anywhere to get out of houston (laughs) at this point probably i'll take it yeah I'll go anywhere at this point. Telling all these guys on other teams, yeah, get me out of here. I'm going to go to your
0: team. <laughs> I hear in the afternoons, Craig is still real locked in on him going to the Dolphins. We
2: do have some fun with that. Yes, we'll <laughs> check it's... in on it. He's constantly pushing the data. <laughs> it's going to happen.
0: It's you know, it's coming up. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, by the way, it's been I've been in my new condo, CeeLo. Jerry's sick of hearing this, but I don't um, think you've heard, heard this. You're here. new around here, <laughs> just so you know. I've been in my new condo for just over a year. Guess what? Already worth more than I paid for it. That's right. Worth more in just a year's time. So stop paying rent and build equity with Carney Bank. They make the entire mortgage process easy. Visit CarneyBank.com mortgages to learn more. Rates are still low and you do not need to put down 20%. Go with Carney Bank. That's CarneyBank.com slash mortgages. Member FDIC equal housing lender.
2: All right, Amy Lawrence has your Odyssey Sports Minute. Apparently you've got some uh, strange doings happening at Roland Garros right now. What is that? France.
1: The French Open.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes
2: of WFAN. Who takes it? Me or Silo? Oh, you really? Yeah, you're looking at me. Is it mine? Is it me? Warm up show
0: is brought to you by Carney Bank, your bank for today, for tomorrow. Visit carneybank.com for details. Uh, Matt Lofaro on Twitter, CELO, tells us that the players that go up to the Hall of Fame stay at a country club. Bougie. Very bougie. I would hope they stay at the Days Inn or something.
1: Yeah, Jeets! Yeah, Judas Priest is coming <laughs> to the Prudential <laughs> Center October 27th.